touch the neutral zone a star trek podcast by ladies where we talk about well star trek loudly unless Ari like fixes that up <laughs> and at great length although probably not for this episode because it was terrible um i'm your host kareen joined as ever by kim hello and ari hello who fixes our loudness and we are here today to talk about season three episode 19 requiem for methuselah or as i like to call it doom do, do. In West Mesopotamia, born and raised <laughs> on the battleground is where I spend most of my days. Chilling out, laxing, acting all cool, all shooting some billiards, or is it called poo cool, cool. <laughs> When a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my heart got stabbed, and that's how I ended up making my girlfriend in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> downstairs two minutes before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That is your greatest <laughs> title of all time. Thank you so much. That was incredible. Like, I feel like I summed up the episode. <laughs> you are like, I provided some backstory. You are generally one of the more creative and witty people that I know. But, but I, I really... That was like next level cream. Thank you so much. I don't know. Do we need to go over the episode? I figured that I'd cover Real that. Real quick. I think we do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in terms of recapping, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. He was born in Mesopotamia, <laughs> died in a war. But lived, didn't. But not didn't. so much. Lived yeah. forever. So, built a girlfriend. She died. Yes. Became the asshole president of his own planet. Yeah. Which he purchased. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. We need to <laughs> talk about. No, wait. There's more to go over. There's more. He's wealthy. He was also. Okay. I didn't write very many notes for this because I could not be bothered well, to pay I did. attention. But. He's also Da Vinci Bronze. I have yes. a list. We'll get to it. Yeah. I, yeah, I have I'd quibbles like to with a lot of that list. Yeah. So. <laughs> was um, he also Alexander the Great? Yes. He was not Alexander Hold the Great. Hold on to that, Kim. Hold on to it. No. No. So what's the... I'd like to circle back to this. <laughs> we will, we will. The conceit for this is that the ship... I have complained about this. Really? Is that there's an outbreak of Rigelian fever on board the Enterprise, and that's why they have to come to this planet. Because it has whatever mineral... Isn't that one that they were inoculated against? Yeah, here's a question I have. Okay. Okay, I actually looked up Rigelian fever, which is what Nerd. they're supposed to have. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, but there we are. Uh, but the... The Memory Alpha article does not specify whether it's a bacteria, whether it's a virus, because my first question was, yeah, but what the fuck causes the fever? Lots of things cause fevers. It's like, if you know what this is, why don't you have a vaccine against it? And then I went further back and looked it up a little more, and in the Enterprise episode that where this happens, they also have a Rigelian fever thing, plot line, where Travis has the vaccine in his system and someone sends back a fake dead body or something. There's an Enterprise episode about There's this? an Enterprise episode mentioning Rydellian fever, yes. Huh. Where a space station kidnaps him and sends back a dead clone. I don't this know. It doesn't really matter. I, I if it was about it. Travis, I wasn't paying attention because I fell asleep. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but yeah, so vaccine su- suggests that it is a virus, which leads me to question quite loudly, why the fuck wasn't the Enterprise crew already vaccinated against it? Maybe it's the same reason that we're not vaccinated against specific things because they've been eradicated? No. No, that's not how vaccines work. You have to keep vaccinating against did them. Did you get a polio vaccine? Yes. Never... Yes, you did. I guarantee you all did because I just... Polio? Got... Polio just... is the one that gives you the scar on your arm. No, that, that's, uh, that's smallpox. Set that anyway. aside. Yeah. Smallpox, I think, is the the analogy that we're trying to draw here yes. because it's supposed to be the bubonic plague, and I think it is something that again has mostly been eradicated, except for like the crazy ass planets that they're going to. Yeah, but even things that have been mostly been eradicated, generally speaking, medical facilities keep the the treatment. Yeah, on but hand. they're not a medical facility; they're a ship. Yeah, no excuses. But like the thing is, though, they have they know what they need to do to get. Yeah, they have the capability of manufacturing. Why don't they have it, it on board yes. already? Well, do you have? It doesn't Smallpox look, vaccine it, it was, in your It took trunk? three little jars. It's not like they couldn't have kept that on board or synthesized Well, I feel it. like it's something that's fairly... Whatever the cure was, and I'm calling it Ritalin, and I don't care what anyone says. I literally just called it the cure. Okay, I was spelling enough. it Ritalin throughout most of my notes, but then I looked it up, and it's spelled way stupider than that. It's it's Ritalin. It's insane. I'm guessing there's lots of Which lies. is like a rock or something. Yeah, who cares? It's Ritalin. So, the cure itself, it feels like it's just kind of... Around. Well, he, he describes it as an antitoxin, which makes it sound like a completely different thing, like a venom. Oh, I love how much thought you put in. Well, this. it bugged me. <laughs> That's not how vaccines work. Bless you. 
It's not like they didn't know that wasn't how vaccines worked in the 1960s. They've always worked the same way. Ari, no one cared. <laughs> well, I don't care about Alexander the Great. <laughs> You should. I don't. Oh, okay, rein um, it in, guys. Right. So no, that's okay. What the they conceit of that is very stupid. It is. I, I don't mind a good plague ship metaphor. Yeah, like, yeah. Everyone loves that. Yeah, absolutely. There are generally some like when Methuselah. What I, again? Let's go back right to the beginning. Requiem for Methuselah. It essentially gives away the entire plot of the episode by the title. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. As soon as you say Methuselah, you're like, oh, well, he's just like super old. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, he's lived forever, well, and there is no mystery. There is no mystery because they're throwing clues at your head, not only with the title, but like from the moment you meet him, they're throwing clues directly at your face. Like, oh, that one didn't stick. Let me throw another 26. I feel like they could have been a bit more subtle. Like, yeah. had they named it something else? Yeah. But as soon as they said Methuselah, I was like, well... Oh, well, he's old. You numb nuts. How come you don't realize that he's actually Da Vinci? Like, it should be painfully obvious. Like, yeah. Also, the... the tricorders have an art history setting? I said that too! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, let me just analyze these paintings with my art history tricorder map. <laughs> What setting yeah. is that? So yeah. Also, they... also, 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 <laughs> if we're going to do any more quibbles about... Spock is like, it's a genuine manuscript by Brahms that... Because I recognize his handwriting. <laughs> that <laughs> it leads to a number of questions. <laughs> also, that it's a genuine... Yeah, anyways, it, none of yeah. that statement made any sense. Well, I, any I, sense at all. I, I kind of understood it, but... um, So, they have to go down to this planet because it has whatever mineral will make, will make the, quote, antitoxin, unquote. Sure. Um, yeah. And they meet this jackass and his robot. So, here's the thing. There are 400-plus people up there in dire need of this. They are, to put it lightly, lackadaisical <laughs> in their attempts. Okay, so... The entire, the actual sickness on the ship yes. has nothing to do with the plot. No. It is literally just the ticking, the ticking clock, clock. Yeah, and the always. object, the, the, the quest always. object is the cure. Yeah. yeah. So based on the ticking clock they give us at the beginning of this episode, this episode takes place over about three and a half hours. Yeah. Yes. It is ridiculous. Yep. Yes. I'm, I'm not debating with so you. I'm so mad. I think that Kirk's behavior in this is... Baffling? Insane. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. I'm going to assume that there's very little oxygen on this planet, sure, and that everyone sure. is suffering from like. I, I don't think lack that Methuselah would need it, and we know she doesn't. Yeah. Okay. How long into it did you realize that she was a robot? Um, about halfway. I think I realized she was a robot when I walked into the room and there was like a body covered by thing. I was like, oh, she's a robot. There was because again, I was only half paying attention to this. <laughs> There is the moment where she's like, oh, it's the Forbidden Chamber. The Forbidden Chamber where I cannot go. It's oh, like, well, that's where the answer oh, is. Oh, no. Yeah. And I, I kept making notes like, God, she looks really blank for most of this. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, that's an acting choice. <laughs> yeah. Plus, she says something like, um, like, I come here when I am troubled. I'm like, oh, like a recall order? Oh, no. So, down on the jerk planet with the jerk robot who tries to kill them, this douchebag who's wearing, like, clothes from a thousand years ago. Oh, no, Ari, no. Kim? Yes. You must have things to say about Uh, this. Yes. His outfit is bananas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's got red tights. Yes. He is wearing a pink paisley top thing. Yes, let's talk about that top. So paisley. So paisley. Which is a bold choice to make in a shirt. Especially the giantness of those paises. Yes. Yes. And like the sash sleeve. It's like like embroidered paisley. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, It feels like you could rub your face up against it. It looked more like curtain fabric. For sure. Curtains. Or I, I figured couch upholstery because it looked like brocade. We probably had a couch like that in our childhood, probably, guys. Yes. Okay. But he's also wearing a purple cape. Yes. Yep. Which does not just attach around the shoulders. No. There's also like puffy sleeve things mm-hmm. attached Anna to Green the Gables, shirt. puff sleeves. Yes. In the same purple. And it swooshes a lot. Mm-hmm. It's dramatic. It. He certainly makes a goddamn entrance. Yes, he does. With his giant robot. His robot butler! His floating <laughs> robot murder butler. His robot yeah. butler! I was so happy with a robot butler. when they, like You see the robot coming in, yeah. and later when he, he in the house, yes. he's like, he's my butler, my valet. I was like, yes, robot butler! Finally, the robot butler we've been waiting this for. Is, this is the future I want. <laughs> There's actually a really cool shot at the beginning with the robot where he comes in and he like calls the robot off, and the camera moves to, like, the robot is between us and everyone else, and the robot 
the top of the robot and the bottom of the robot are touching the top and bottom of the frame so you can't see the strings holding it up. And they do this thing where the robot sort of backs off towards us. And I'm like, damn, that's really good. Well done, guys. I, the directing in this was competent. Yeah, very it competent. It was very competent. Solid. I didn't, there weren't any shots where I was like, Oh, what is nothing happening? was filmed from under the stairs. No, no. and there is that. Also, this episode um, predicted flat screen TVs. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah. Very well. And they get great reception from their spy cams yeah. on yep. their Amazing. Uh, and flat. amazing cinematography. And great angles. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> Why are the spy cameras doing like, okay, and now face up. And now side shot. Yeah. And, like, and now we're going to like pan around. And do a zoom. <laughs> there yeah. was one shot from the spy cam where it readjusted from like focusing on the girl mm. to focusing on Kirk. And I'm like, mm. well, I can tell who the important character in this scene is. <laughs> it's great. His name is Mr. Flint and he's a, the president asshole of this planet, which he, again, he bought Get off my planet, you're trespassing. Now, apparently, the regular records don't have any, like, because as far as the record, regular public records say before they beam down, this planet's uninhabited because he he yells at them. He's like, get off my planet. Spock's like, oh, your planet. I don't see your name on it, but apparently yeah. you can buy planets. Mm, I guess if you have enough money, you can buy anything. What was his name when he bought the planet? Did he call himself Mr. Black or something, something like that? Something like that. I don't remember. It was yeah, something it else. wasn't important. I was like, oh, Flint Heart, Black Heart. I get what you're doing. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, he did have a bitching castle, a bitching matte paint castle. Mm-hmm. It was a great castle. You didn't see it? Did it was, see it was it. actually a really beautiful matte painting yeah. of this, like, gorgeous, like, many domed, like, mm-hmm. towers with domes Bridges on top. Bridges and archways. Bridges. Yeah. It was very cool. Was, I love a good matte painting. Yeah, yeah. oh, it was beautiful. beautiful. beautiful I really painting. wanted to live there. Um, it's, yeah. What happens next? They have a slap fight, basically. Well, it's actually, I thought was very good. Kirk is like, well, I kind of need this so people don't die. And, like... Disease, disease. Disease, and there are lots of people dying, so I need these rocks, and you need to give them to me. And he's just like, well, no thanks. And he's like, okay... Like, can we trade them? Can we work for these rocks? Like, he is presenting options. He escalates in a a reasonable rate. I think so. And only when the dude's like, get off my fucking planet. Kirk's like, look, this is an emergency. I'm not going to feel bad about doing this by force. And then he flips over to, do you know what a horrible disease can do? We have 400, blah, blah, blah. And then Flint goes into a flashback about the Great Plague. This is great. There's actually, his writing, I have to say, is quite good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got some great lines. There are some great monologues in there. I was like, yeah. damn, like that, that genuinely there, There's at least one bit that I genuinely went and grabbed and cut and pasted from the transcript. That's fantastic. My favorite part about this, and an opportunity missed, is after he goes on about Constantinople and, oh, the schemes of rats eating the corpses and it was awful. And Spock is like, oh, are you a student of history? <laughs> and I wanted Flint to say, I am history. <laughs> Well, I mean, and like guys, just, like, with metaphor, yeah, in a manner of speaking, is what he said, which means no, I'm immortal. This bit had this like while he was giving his monologue, the yes. camera did a slow zoom yes, on did. him, and yeah. then as soon as he stops, it like pulls back, and I'm like, oh, that was weird. At which point he should have muttered into the camera, "I am history." There was this was the point where I'm like, well, someone's gonna have to cut off his head and absorb the lightning. <laughs> That would have actually improved this episode a great deal. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it's cool. My M4 robot butler will take care of it. Let's head to my castle. And then he's like, you might as well just chill here. Yeah. Like, don't worry. Robots got this. And so he leaves the room. And this is an exchange that I would like to dissect in great detail. I found this interesting, honestly. No, Kirk is like, well, should we trust him? And Spock says, oh, well, it's logical to trust him in this moment. No. no. It's really not. No, it is not. No, really But fortunately, that conversation doesn't last very long because Spock is immediately distracted by stroking all of this guy's impossible antiques. Best thing to do with antiques is to put your giant sweaty hands all over it. Definitely. This guy has got a aesthetic problem. <laughs> Every square inch of his... Castle Dome is covered in just, like, tat. Yeah. It was sort of, it reminded me of the set from, like, the Trelane episode, yeah. where it's yeah. just full of, like, old stuff Chops to make keys. it look antique Yeah. <laughs> it was very antique It felt like everything that was on the lot, they just kind of pulled in and threw up on the walls. Yep. Um, yes. This is where Spock's like, well, they're und- undiscovered. They're definitely Da Vinci's, because the c- tricorder, question mark, 
says that they are Da Vinci's, question mark. Okay, okay. So I actually did finally figure this out. Oh, Ari. So this is while he's, like, in another room with Rain, with... Oh, yeah, there's the girl. a girl there. The girl who's watching, watching all on of this on, on the spy cam. After yeah. he said that it's... Flint has said to the crew, it's just me and the robot butler, and then he goes, and there's, like, a, a lady... Mystery, mystery watch, girl. Mystery girl watching yeah. all of this on TV. Yeah. Um, and he says, have a drink, and he wanders off, and they have a conversation where she's like, I want to meet them, I want to talk physics with the pointy-eared one. And he's That like, was adorable. That was adorable. I really yeah. liked her. Like, I felt bad for her, but I liked her personally, because she's all excited about things, and... And he's surprised because she actually insists on meeting them. And she and he's like, well, you've never demanded anything before. Which turns out, annoyingly, to be plot relevant. Because <laughs> um, basically his argument is like, no, humans, they suck. I've shielded you from them for a reason. He really hasn't had to shield her from them because, because they've been isolated on their crappy planet. But yeah, back of in... Of which he is president. Yeah. yeah. Back in the, the room of Tad, Bones has found the booze. Um... And says something mean to Spock about, I know you won't drink, and Spock's like, actually, yes, I'll have a brandy because I'm having a crisis over all these antiques. So the the antiques are basically everything in this room, like the artwork, the furniture, the sheet music, it turns out, the books, are authentic. Whatever that means. Um, well, authentic, well, what he says, like, the materials are the same, the 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 techniques are the same, like, the brush strokes are accurate. If you ran this, we have software that does this now, right? Looks at a P- an artwork and says, the brush strokes are, are consistent, the materials are consistent. So it definitely seems like it was, for instance, painted by the same artist, but all the materials are contemporary. So they're not old enough, but everything else is right. Guys, here's your clue. Yeah, here's the clue. Oh, yeah, he's also Shakespeare. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Because he, he has a first folio. He no, can't. No, anyways, I refuse this. Anyways, he also says he's very wealthy. Is there still wealth in this world? I guess so, since he bought a planet. Intermittently. Yeah. <laughs> it, comes, it comes and goes. Yeah. Within, like, Earth doesn't have currency, but other planets in the Federation do. So if you want to, like, buy stuff on other planets, you need money. Hmm. So that there's humans that are part of capitalism, just not ones that live Fine. on Fine. The worst part of this episode is definitely coming up because he's like, oh, I've been so inhospitable to you. Let me show you some hospitality. In mind. the form of a woman! Yeah. And she has revealed, Kim, take her outfit away. No, I want to leave her outfit on because it's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It is a full-scale gown, Mm -hmm. floor-length, silver and gold swirling all over the entire thing. It's like this, I thought it was silver at first, but it's like a sparkly silver-gold gentle swirl pattern all over the entire thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like fitted through her waist. It's sort of got like a straight-down floor-length skirt thing. The top is um, kind of interesting because, like, the dress itself is, like, kind of modestly up over her breast. It's got, like, a skinny one strap. But then she's got, like, a cape thing on that kind of works like a shrug with a high collar. And then, like, a dramatic cape all the way down to the floor. I really liked her outfit. It was pretty cool. And her hair was almost It was huge. It It was was huge. huge. It was huge. But it made sense looking. It's like, oh, it's a couple of ponytails and a lot of hairspray. Yeah. 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 And like, um, her dress, it, I don't know what was, the fitting around the It was bad. Waist, it was really weird. It was, weird. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it felt like it was supposed to be kind of a period stylized, but I wasn't sure what period they were going it for. It looked like they didn't have time to, to tailor it to her property properly before they made the episode. It made, yeah. her, it made her, like, like, you could see where they had kind of designed a waist, and you could see where it was fitted on her hips, yeah. but it made her hips look very square. Yeah, the, the, the tailoring at the waist was in the wrong place for her, which is why I think they made it for a different actress. Mm. Like, either for a different show or a different episode, and then they decided not to use it, and they just never bothered to retailer it for her. Yeah, you definitely noticed that it wasn't fitted to yeah, her like, body. Yeah, like, it was fine. Like, the top was a little gappy in a couple of weird places. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I could see how this would look amazing, except... It needed to, like, be brought in here and taken up here, and, yeah, it was very noticeable for I'm me. I'm surprised you didn't have a diagram. Anyways, I... Bones proceeds to be the grossest skeeve in the history of all oh, skeeve. Yeah. Um, also, at this moment, because I hadn't figured out that she was a robot, I immediately started doing my Chinatown impression, which <laughs> is very good, which I was, daughter, wife, daughter, wife, daughter, wife! <laughs> I wasn't sure what was happening because I'd turn away for it's five seconds. Words. There's some body language that makes it very good. Yeah, it was also confusing to me because okay. earlier when he's, like, talking to her about, like, are you lonely or whatever before yeah. he brings her up, he, like, leans in and kisses her, but it's this weird peck. 
And I couldn't like a nose tap. I couldn't decide what they were doing with that. Yeah. And she looks totally flabbergasted by it, which made it even weirder. It was all very ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't forget that at some point during this, the robot comes back with, like, a sandwich bag full of rocks. <laughs> and clonks them on the yeah, table. Yeah, like, them on the Here, table. I've done your work for you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he would very much be voiced by Alan Rickman doing a uh, Marvin, Marvin. <laughs> voice. Yeah. I've got these rocks And Flint's you. like, oh, it's fine. You don't have to process them back on your ship. My robot can do it in the lab much faster. Clearly a delaying tactic to keep them on the planet. Was it? I felt like the robot could do a good job when except, it wasn't trying to murder people. Except it turned out that it didn't do a really bad job. Anyways, she introduces herself to everyone and is interested in everything they do. For Spock, she appeals to the inter- intellect, so she's interested in physics. Mm-hmm. Bones, she's a woman and that's apparently just enough for him. So he just, he just goes on about how beautiful <sighs> she is. Yeah. It's so it, creepy. He's so creepy and gross. He is. Yeah, because he gives this weird cover story, Flint does, about like, oh, well, she's the daughter of my employees who died and it was, spins like a very um, she's my guardian of ISIS sort of thing. Yes. And that's what I started thinking it was until I remembered she was a robot. Yeah. Um, that, that like, uh, oh, well, I, I, I raised her from infancy when her parents yeah, died. Yeah. The thing that I loved about what he was introducing her is he said to them, her education is equivalent yes. to 17 <laughs> university degrees. And that I loved is that he was proud of how yeah. highly educated and intelligent she was. And Bones' response to this, you're way too pretty to be a nerd. He's the worst. He is. Yeah. And to Kirk, she impresses him by playing pool. I actually liked the pool because it was like... <laughs> this was amazing. It was like a reversal of the usual yes. man shows women how to play pool. It's very much the reverse where she's like, no, no, let me show you, honey. <laughs> I really liked that. <laughs> the entire scene when they're playing pool... It's yeah. so amazing because Kirk just looks so weirded out at having this woman like wrapped around him yeah. from behind, yeah. showing him how to play. Yeah, it's that I really it like was that gold. Unfortunately, then it devolves into the longest dance scene known to mankind. Yeah, that lasted a really and goddamn long time. I have seen hair. Yeah. Um, they they talk about um because Flint's like, well, Earth, it sucks. It's so brutal, and Kirk makes the first, like, explicit sort of foray into, are you an immortal alien of some kind? So you're like, well, what's the last time you, um, It's like us? a twilight. Mm-hmm. How old are you? Sixteen. <laughs> How long have you been sixteen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which and I feel we, like they should have asked. And we have an interesting conversation about imperialism and, and colonizers. Like, well, you're colonizers, you have a ship full of weapons, and Kirk's like, well, our missions are peaceful, our weapons are for defense. Oh, and then Flynn's like, this conversation's boring. How about you dance with her? No, 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 no. There's too many interesting things in here. Um, <laughs> she's just strong um, disagree. Two things that I liked in this from Kirk Dang. is that after... Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Kirk said some interesting things. You look good. Um, look after good. Flint is talking about like Kirk, like your ship is full of weapons yeah, and the whole yeah. colonizer thing here. Kirk says to him something along the lines of like, well, your greeting was worse than ours. Yeah. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. yeah. He showed Objectively up and just true. like, get off. And, Cause like at one point Flint in that whole first confrontation is like, I have the ability to kill you and I'll do it. Yeah. If you don't get off my planet. Yeah. It's like it's where he went immediately. He didn't practice any of this, Stuff that he's apparently preaching or whatever. Yeah, he's rejected hospitality, right? Yes. And education. Yes. Because the rest of the conversation before he sort of pimps Kirk out on Raina to dance is like Kirk being sort of like, well, you can, you can naysay like the negative human qualities, like brutality all you want, but you have to have like a variety of qualities. You have to, you have to accept all of your nature in order to be truly human. You have to accept influences from within and from without. So that's a little dig at isolationism. The quote, because I wrote it down because I loved it so much, is to be human is to be complex. You can't avoid a little ugliness from within or without. Yeah. And I love that quote because I think it encompasses so much. It's a a theme Mm -hmm. that we've had repeated a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's such, it's like, um, to be quite honest, that's my life lesson for this episode. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, is you can't, you can't avoid a little ugliness for within, from within or without, and it's that nobody is perfect. Mm. Nobody can ever be 100% perfect, and no one is ever going to receive perfection from the world around them. And that's the reality that you have to learn to live with, deal with, and learn from. Well, it's, it's also a genuinely like, good life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's also sort of, it can turn around into sort of like, you have to also check your privilege. 
sort of like yeah there's nasty things inside of you you have to look at them and face them instead of just pretending they don't exist yeah exactly which yeah. is like he's quite he's quite snotty in this which i really enjoy <laughs> it's a good conversation yeah. because again like one of the exploration that star trek is constantly doing of what what it is to be human and i would argue yourself better well i would also argue that this is kind of a precursor to data yeah about what at what point do you become human because she experiences i would argue the singularity at some point so here's an interesting thing about Reina, which I want to talk about more in when, you know, she drops dead from feelings. <laughs> but every time, almost every time we see an android in, in 24th century Trek get emotions, it ends incredibly poorly. Either they become a psychopath yes. or they drop dead. Yes. Um, so this is a repeating theme. Because Laura gets emotions and be, or more emotions and yeah. becomes evil. Or he he has emotions and is not. They're a, just not good emotions. Laura has emotions and he's a jerk, and then he gets more emotions and becomes a psycho. Mm. And then Lal can't spontaneously develops emotion and cannot deal with them. Yeah, mm. so it's basically the same as what happens to Reina. I mean, in Lal's case, it's like it's actually explained in a in a processing power yeah. sort of way. It's like we didn't anticipate the complexity. Like we knew that it was complex, we didn't know how complex it was, and her like her body, her brain, her hardware just couldn't take it. We've seen it a lot of times in original Trek that emotion overpowers and wins over computers. It's, over it's, over pure intellect. Over over intellect. That yeah. emotion again is what fundamentally makes us human, which I think carries over into next generation. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean well, that, and it, it, you need the balance. And that's the fight that Bones is constantly dishing out to, to Spock is that Yeah, let's touch on that. He's a dick in this episode. He is, he's a dick. dick in almost every episode. This I felt like he was more dickier than usual. Like he'd grown a second dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the end of this episode is horrendous, but yeah, yeah, but that yeah, but that's that's what Bones is constantly dishing out to Spock. Yes. Is you're missing out on all of these human experiences, beca- or being what it is to be human because you're not experiencing emotions, and that makes you lesser. Yes, and that's the well, part that's... that's the problem with Bones. But like, well, the through running the through running character thing with the three of them is that it is about the three of them, and that they all represent a point on a spectrum between emotion and intellect where Spock is intellect and Bones is obviously emotion and Kirk is constantly sort of like trying to stay balanced between the two. That's the entire conceit of the show, but I'd argue there is the bit about emotions, but the other part that makes you human is this... is this... Struggle to... It's the struggle for for self-determination and making your own choices and the constant... And being Need to express your own freedom. Yeah. That's, again, like, he is excited, not that she loves, but that she chooses. Yeah. Yeah. That she has decided what she wants to do, regardless of what anyone else is saying. And I think that's the other, the other thing for Trek is, is that yes, the emotions are part of that, but realizing your own will and your own freedom. That that actually comes out of the balance of things. Um, anyhow, what follows is the longest dance sequence ever. And I have seen cats. Yeah, it's very long. It um, goes on for eight minutes. Well, so we do have... Was a, it actually eight minutes? No. no. Oh, I thought you timed like, it. It's a solid two-minute fucking dance. Um, oh, it's so much longer. And we actually do have something to thank Bones for because he's the one who ends it coming out with, like, oh. sour lemon face. It's like, well, all of the medicine is poison. <laughs> or, like, inert, useless, because it's, it's tainted with something. <laughs> The good part about the dance sequence is that Spock is providing the music because apparently he can play the piano. Sure. Yeah, he can sight read. He sight read. He sight read perfectly. He's never seen before. Which, uh, in manuscript form. While analyzing the handwriting. Yeah. Yeah, he multitasks like a boss. (laughs) Yes. He does. So this is like another delaying tactic, and and, and it's like, oh, well, we'll find some more my talents. I'll, I'll go find some better rocks. You didn't actually say what was wrong. The medicine's corrupted. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It won't it's, work. If you will. Bad medicine. medicine. Oh, yes! So we'll go find some yeah. better rocks. You guys chill out here. And this is when Spock's like, so this isn't Brahms' original no one's ever heard of. It's definitely written by Brahms. However he knows that. Whatever. Oh, I'm sorry. The other thing we didn't talk about in the dance scene is the that gross it's... touching between Kirk and Reyna. Yeah, the weird cheek-to-cheek, super intense, you've known her for like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's weird. It's... It was like a YA novel, guys. Yeah. It was very like... I just met you, like, and this is crazy. Not the good kind. But, but I'm gonna put my cheek on your cheek. And, and let's yeah. rub them together a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, what I hate about this... <laughs> <laughs> 
What I hate about this is that she has no personality. Nope. Well, she tries so hard. And in fairness, I mean... Why does he love her? Kirk? Yeah. Because she's a woman and she's there and he's bored. Well, that's my problem with this episode. That's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. She it's has 17 writing. university degrees. She's very interesting. She's the perfect Mary Sue that has ever married. But she never talks again. about any of it. No, she has she no just, conversations with him of any, just, like, weight. Yeah, and it's, like, the most interesting thing she does are at the very end of her life when she's like, no, I can make choices. Well, at the beginning when she's introducing herself and you but realize I, that she's an intellectual powerhouse. Yeah, but, but she never gets to demonstrate that. She plays pool and dances. It's the same thing from the last episode when Scotty got a girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, she's, yeah. We're told she's smart. We know she's beautiful. Therefore, she is a prize that somebody from the cast should have, and we should just roll with the fact that they're in love. You should just after accept forty-five minutes. Well, also like just accept the fact that she is all of these things without ever seeing any of them demonstrated. Very true. Like I wanted that. I wanted one goddamn conversation. They could have been talking during that interminable dance. I that would have done it for me. But like they have the Pride and Prejudice chat. Yes. Where you have like sassy banter back and forth, and you're like, mm, okay, yeah. cut that. But I mean, touch with there's a eye. certain argument to be made here. Nope. I'm sorry, but I have to make it, that if she didn't realize she could choose or make choices or decisions or have wants, it's kind of hard to have a conversation with someone that shows personality because a huge part of what you like and care about is choices. And if she hadn't realized she could choose until right before she died, it might be really hard. I'm pretty sure that she has studied conversation with Flint Hart before, that she should be able to... Now he's a character. And because he has built her, she should be able to carry on a conversation. Mm-hmm. Would yeah, argue. but about anything... About anything! Well, she has 17 university degrees. I would Pick also, one out of the air. I would also say that before she Kirk shows up and she discovers emotion, that she um, displays intellectual curiosity. Yeah. yeah because the first thing physics. is, she's like, I've never seen people before. This sounds really cool. Yeah, and she's exactly... She's like, I want to talk about physics with a Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that sounds really cool. And the thing and is, so though, that that's, do it. that's positioned as something novel. It's like something she's never done before. Displayed curiosity about something. Anyways, so... Yeah, they're off on a rock hunting mission. Mm-hmm. My favorite part is she goes to the Forbidden Zone... Where she Kirk goes is already. ...when she searches herself. So... Here's the thing, because Kirk's like, I'm going to go down to the lab and see if I can fix the broken medicine. And I'm like, um, you don't have any expertise in that. And he gets down there and he st- walks into the middle of the room and looks around. And he's like, oh, fuck, right. I don't have a biochemistry degree. Like, my favorite, shit, I my favorite part about the lab, which was just like the generic, which is like a generic set, yeah. <laughs> was the bottles of colored liquid yeah, yes. on the table the condiment yeah. bottles. that everybody kept walking in, picking up looking at, and then putting back down. What are you going to get from looking at that? It is a colored liquid. It's like there's no labels on it. It was no. just like stage business to be like, it's a lab. It was so yeah, stupid. We got it. The visual cues are obvious. Lab. Yeah. Where she searches herself. The forbidden yeah. zone. And we find out about, about the secret door that she's been like, coded to not go through. Fine, The one whatever. forbidden... The West Wing! Or is no. it the East Wing? I don't know. Remember. It's the West Wing. It's the West Wing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they kiss, the robot cock blocks them and tries to kill Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> the kissing is gross. Oh, it's oh, so, so weird. Gross. Yeah, he does, he does, he says, like, why are you afraid of him if you're happy here? This is where Kirk starts acting really strange with absolutely no telegraphing of it beforehand. No, I honestly thought that, A, he was putting on an act in order to distract her so yeah. he could get into a forbidden zone, not necessarily her forbidden zone. Uh... We're talking about it. But... That he was just pretending to do something to elicit something from her, even to, like, after test her out. Yeah, because they already explicitly suspect that at least Flint and maybe also her are not human. But it like, doesn't matter. No, Spock it, kills the robot. The in, like, yeah, because apparently the robot can't disable their phasers if it can't like line of sight you. Whatever. It's great. He kills that robot into nothingness. <laughs> yep, it's great. I really love the disparate technology level between yes. the two robots. Yeah. Where you have, like, Robot Butler, who's, like, literally a floating tin can with a mm-hmm. blinking red eye. Yeah. And, like, Reyna, who's, like, a perfect life android model. Yeah. <laughs> like, he couldn't build himself an English butler? What the he hell? He couldn't have got, like, an R2-D2 or something. What I also really enjoy... Or C-3PO. That would have been... C-3PO is the missing link. That we always wanted. (sighs) What I actually enjoyed about this episode is that Spock kind of puts his arm around Kirk metaphorically and it's like, Mm -hmm. you need to stop what you're doing (laughs) You need to dial it back about 15 points. Yes. Like, just heads up, bro. You don't need to go down this (laughs) cul-de-sac. No. Like, just... 
in uh, in our roommate Amy's words, slow your roll. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird because he's suddenly like intensely like in love or whatever, and it's, it comes out of nowhere. It's no, completely it's, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Yeah. I assume he was drugged to the point. Yeah, to the point where I'm like, oh, has he been drugged? Is he being like alien mind controlled by the robot butler? By the robot butler. Turns out he isn't. And Spock's like, well, it's probably jealousy on the part of Flint Flint. Hart. At which point, I think all three of us went, is it his daughter? daughter? <laughs> yeah. 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 We had questions? Yeah. It became unclear, and that is never a thing you want to be unclear about. Wife or daughter? <gasps> oh, a couple of years ago, we were playing wife or daughter at the, or um, we were playing, no, husband or father at the Academy Awards red carpet. <laughs> I got it wrong with <laughs> a couple of people. <laughs> yeah, they have a little dick swinging contest uh, verbally. Not literally. Um, over Reyna, where where Flint's like, I have twice your physical strength. Mm. Kirk's like, it would be an interesting test of power. Oh. Everyone stands around looking bored and irritated by all of this. This is... Uh, fast forward, guys. Her fa- uh, This is the part where my nose started going, her face is so dumb. <laughs> but it was acting. Mm. It was acting. Because she does a lot of, like, blinking and head cocking to the side, which I had coded as she was just dumb but it's actually robot acting yeah so yeah so everyone starts wondering like what is happening what is flint doing this is weird he like he clearly seems to be jealous of you spending time with her but he's also pushing you guys together it doesn't make a lot of sense real weird is this the part where spock is like oh by the way he's six thousand years old yeah Yeah. he just drops that um we also call it the tricarter has a setting a a very specific We call it to the ship. There's no record of this guy. Um, Of course there isn't. The planet was purchased by some other recluse with a different name 30 years ago. I love how they are keeping such meticulous records. Oh, and BT Dubs, there's no record of Raina either. Of course there isn't. Of course there isn't. Of course there isn't. Why would there be? Why would there be? Anyways, it's great. So... Oh, this is also the scene where they're like, so he's obviously delaying us here on purpose, and BT Dubs, he's probably watching us right now. Which he is on his He definitely TV. is. We cut to the spy cam. It's only like a 24 incher, though. Like, it's not a big. Well, for 1960, whatever it would be. I would huge. spring for at least six feet. Seems like, pretty big. And but again, oh, question mark. Big as no, question mark, question mark, yeah. question mark. Why does he have spy cameras in his house? That's an excellent question. <laughs> to spy on Reyna? Couldn't he just follow her around? Why would, well, he, why would he watch I, I, Maybe what it's would a short, she be doing? Maybe it's a Schrodinger's cat thing not wanting to interfere with the experiment? I don't know. What would he? What would she be doing that he I, would need to watch her? I mean, why, why would you build an android wife? I mean, there are a lot of questions that need answering that will never be Again, answered. Again, this goes back to many conversations we've had before that isn't a robot girlfriend just a vibrator with legs? Yes. Because yes. in this case, that was clearly not his intention. Question mark. Anyways, moving forward. I think he wanted a vibrator with legs that would love him. I think that makes it not just a vibrator with legs. If the goal is sentience. His goal explicitly is sentience, and he's failed the other, like, 15 times. Sentience? Yeah, it is. Is it just that he wants her to love him? He wants her to have genuine emotions. But it's not love. He actually says he wants her to be able to make decisions. That, to me, implies he wants genuine Well, he seems real pissed when she starts to do it. I think he finds out that he didn't really want what he thought he wanted. But that was what his goal was, was to build a real person that just wouldn't, like, get old and ugly and die on him. He's the worst. He's terrible. He's terrible. They have a little conversation behind the spy oh. cam where Raina's like, did you send the robot to kill him? Because I fucking didn't. And he's like, oh, well, obviously I thought you were, it was attacking you. And she's like, did it now. She's very suspicious. Yeah. So they go looking for the Ritalin, which they know is around, but he just kind of zoops out. And their tricorders know that it's behind the Forbidden Zone door. And... So this is a trick, right? Says everyone. Says everyone. And Spock's like, eh, how about I just, like, I just go take a look. Like, you guys pretty much here. He's definitely worked this out, like, four scenes ago. Wait, yeah. You guys skipped over a bunch of other gross stuff that we have to talk about. Do we have to? Yes, we do. Because um, Kirk, th- Kirk, like, Raina thinks that everybody's going to leave because they have the medicine, and this is before the robot zoops off with it. So she comes to say goodbye. And Kirk kisses her again, which Flint watches on the flat screen TV. Oh, yeah. so much perving in this episode. Yeah, it was gross. Then Bones tells Spock that the robot and the medicine are gone. Then Kirk asks Raina to leave with them because 
you love me, not Flint. Yeah, this is just another example of Kirk for no apparent reason suddenly being head over heels with It her. has been two and a half hours, Kirk. No. Maybe. No. It's been under two hours. That's true because we actually get told get there's two hours and 18 minutes left before right Before everyone dies. So it's been under two hours. Yeah. This episode is so dumb. I mean, I fell in hard in love with sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> like... Into our, like, I still think back to this one sandwich that I had in this place that the pesto was, like, just so warm and runny and just the right amount. Like, I love that sandwich, but I've never loved a human being in <laughs> under two hours. Like, and to the point where I'm like, run away with me. Yeah. And instead, she everything just, you've ever instead, known. Instead, she just runs away. Which is a fair response. Very because fair. Because that's what crazy yes. people say to you. It makes yes. no sense. It comes out of nowhere. Yes. Now that I've slowed us down, now we can get back to the Okay, so the door. direction behind this mystery door. Spock is like, how would I go through this mystery door? And you guys uh, stay, stay here. Which here. Would you... I, I and then everybody surprised. acts really weird for about five minutes. It's the like, most awkward why? thing that ever happened. What's behind the door? Spock is the only rational person. He is literally the only one. Well, he's the one whose brain immediately jumps to, oh, well, she's an android girlfriend that he built in his lab. <laughs> yeah. And clearly, he's got a bunch of like seventeen other defective products in the back that he's keeping a secret from her, which. Is a leap to make. You made it. <laughs> so when we get into the room and we find like the beds with the yes. covered bodies, yes. I yes. really like that they were all like labeled, like a little yeah. little cake stand with a yeah. place yeah. card in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is like Buffalo Bill levels of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like here are my failed attempts. I like how they're covered in these yellow sheets that you can clearly see. Like they've got some hella bras on because oh, those yeah. boobs are pointing like to the sky. To the sky. Um, yeah, so Spock's like, I would rather that you didn't come in. And they're like, well, screw you. You've, you've both been acting very human today, and I don't want to deal with that anymore. So they go in, they find this like row of dead bodies with, with bullet bras on that are meticulously labeled and clearly professionally printed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they kind of pull off the uh um, sheet the sheet and they say i don't understand why he built one without hair is a question i, I don't think like he was moving done. the wig from robot yeah. to robot well another, <laughs> one, another one of them had a different had different colored hair yeah and was like one a of them different was a face model yeah. and he's like i want to change that up a little I'm bit i'm assuming that the current model is wearing the wig from the old model that, that is that is a reasonable Bro, assumption that is like that is like rebecca i would like you to wear my dead wife's wig Ugh. So, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, God. Methuselah kind of comes in. Flint. Flint, sure, whatever. whatever. <laughs> it's not important. And he's like, well, I am every guy. Every famous guy you've ever heard yeah. of is me. Yeah, and Spock's so, like, well, fucking of course. Yeah. Okay, Spock's like, go I through this list. Go through ago. this list. Okay, so he's like, so Spock's like, so all your paintings and music and shit... <sighs> Uh, they're definitely authentic, but they're all made with modern stuff. I am Brahms. Mm-hmm. And Da Vinci. Uh-huh. And Spock's like, and... <laughs> and Solomon, and Alexander, and Lazarus, and Methuselah, and Merlin, and Abramson, etc. And I guess Shakespeare, since he had a Shakespeare folio, and that was the theme. I would really love to timeline this out. We'll do it later. Yeah, yeah um, I don't care. He was born in Mesopotamia in 3834 BC. Sure. And he died in battle and didn't die. And I assumed there was a quickening. He got stabbed in the heart. And then he's like, but I didn't die. So I just kept living. And then he goes into a couple of really sweet monologues. They're great um, monologues. With some really good lines about, you know, having lived for a long time. This is where they saved all the good writing for. Yeah, they put all the good writing into one cup. And it was this cup. There are parts of it that I really didn't like. Where he's like, yeah, I've had wives, but... You know, they taste dust and die. <laughs> Get old. And Spock's like, okay, so you you decided to build yourself a wife who couldn't die on you. And he's like, well, yeah, but, I mean, basically they're robots. They can't really be. So I had to keep trying. And Reyna is, like, the best I've ever managed. She's a real person. She's a real person now. It didn't start until you guys got here. Thanks for that. Um, I made and her then perfect. Yeah. She's mine. Yeah. She is my handiwork, my Ooh. property. 
we find out Raina doesn't know she's an android and he doesn't want her to find out. And by the way, you guys can never leave. <laughs> Spock's like, no, 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 it's fine. We can keep a secret. Promise. It's <laughs> not something we really want to share with anyone. And then he's like, mm, no. And then he boings the Enterprise yeah. out of orbit and into a coffee table sculpture. I would like to go back to the grossest line in this entire show. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, I made her perfect and she's mine. And Kirk is all butthurt about that. She's like, you used me. Yeah. You knew I would awaken her emotions. Mm-hmm. I have a n- number of follow-up questions about that. Uh, also, Kirk conceded much that you're just so great. The woman's going to fall in love you. with you. And the robot will spontaneously develop emotions because you're such a bitchin' ass boyfriend. Fuck you, Kirk. Fuck you. Except apparently that is what happened. That is canonical fact. And that is why he delayed them, because he saw something in the way that Raina reacted to Kirk and went, oh, it's finally happening! The quickening! And decided he needed to keep them around long enough for it to, Kate, like, complete. she's not quickening or quivering for him. She's quickening for Kirk. Yeah. Well, in the... So what's he gonna do? Like... One dick's as good as another cream. <laughs> yeah, it's just, he's just gonna, like, sub out. There's a, there's some really good, there's a really hilarious bit where the tiny Enterprise is on the coffee table and Kirk like bends down and we see his giant head from inside the tiny bridge. Oh. I have a question. Yes. yes. Where did he develop magical powers to shrink the Enterprise and well, pull it out of orbit? He had Not it enough. all along. It is the only time in the episode we see him do something that is like magic. No, Every- it's not magic. He's got a remote control. The fuck? No, that does not work. Well, it's not technology. You don't know that. He's got. He presses a button. It's not magic. It's, it's like insane a magic technology, technology, but it's, it's still. Technology. It was ridiculous. It was just stupid. And we get another really great set of lines. Um, he's like, where Kirk's like, uh, there are four hundred plus people on that ship, and Flint's. Uh, you'd wipe out four hundred lives. Why? I have seen a hundred million fall. Hundred billion fall. Jeez, that seems improbable. I don't think you have seen a hundred billion fall, sir. Uh, in. No, it's, uh, I don't think... No, three, there are more people no, alive now than, than have ever existed. Alive. Yeah, so that's crazy, but... Yeah, he's also lived, like, 6,000 years. Yeah. So basically, his speech is like, 400 is nothing, my sense of scale is completely skewed. And, uh, yeah. So Kirk he says, you used me! Yeah. Okay, but his whole plan is basically like, I'm just gonna keep you all here forever, it's fine. I'll put you all in suspended animation, and then no one can ever find out what I've been doing. And Bones has some really good lines here. He says, he's totally outraged. You've you've been such men. You've known and created such beauty. You've watched your race evolve from cruelty and barbarism throughout your enormous life. And yet now you would do this to us. And Flynn says, basically, (laughs) the flowers of my past. I hold the nettles of the present. I am Flint now with my needs. I'm a man. And I'm going to do what I want because you can't stop me. He's got That's a great line. It I is love a great the line. rose and the nail things. I also really enjoy that his name is Flint because his heart is a Flint. God. Yeah. Also, great. Kirk says, You used me! <laughs> yeah, he's very upset about this. <laughs> I can't love her, but I do love her. I wrote and underlined twice, It's been three hours! <laughs> Not even, yeah. <laughs> And, and here's where Kirk comes back around to something approaching sensible. He's like, okay, so you fucking delayed us because you wanted to use me to wake up her you feelings. You used me! Yeah, okay, that's your last time. <laughs> one more, one more, one more. No. I'm saving it. I'm gonna save it. And he's like, oh, so what? Now you're just going to take over? I will take what's mine. Yeah, yeah. And then I stabbed him through the face in my mind. <laughs> well, he goes on, well, she's not a person. And Kirk's like, but she loves me. And then, they, and then Kirk tries to oh, fight fuck. him. Oh, no, he doesn't try. They engage it's in... It's pathetic. This, oh, I hate this so much. Because Flynn is, he's like at least twice as strong as Kirk. I don't know why he's twice as strong as Kirk. He's because old. there's this whole thing where basically he is definitely human, but he had some weird mutation. That he's just an X-Men. made Move him on. incapable of... X Men, move dying. on. Yeah, X Men, essentially, yes. But like the whole thing where Bones is like, you like that he's witnessed exactly what one of the central points of Star Trek. It's like that human beings progress, that we get better, that we improve, that we except for Kirk evolve because they start getting into a knockdown fight, yeah. which both very McCoy one-sided. and Spock are like, what you the could fuck are not. You doing? 
And Kirk's like, shut up. We're fighting over a woman. As if that is an explanation unto itself. Spock actually says, no, you're not. And she's really not into it. Also, Raina is my favorite here. Yeah. Because she says, I will not be the cause of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get to choose. No one can order me around. I choose where I want to go. At which point she has do. a migraine or no one can has order a singularity. <laughs> yeah. She she's great in this. I would just like to circle around. Every single person in this room is disgusted by Kirk and Flint's behavior, and they're just like, "What the fuck?" Like Spock keeps saying, "She is not a person. She is not a person. She is not a person." Except she is, and that's the whole point. Ah, Because Kirk suddenly realizes what what an ass he is being, and he turns and he looks at Raina, who's saying, no one gets to tell me what to do. Yes. And he says, oh shit, she is human. Down to the last blood cell, question mark. Well, blood substitute. Mm -hmm. The human spirit is free. There's no power of ownership over her. Yeah. uh, Flynn says, no man beats me. And Kirk's like, I don't want to beat you. I kind he of did wanted, I just ago. remembered she has rights. Oh shit! Whoops. If he actually says no, what what does he say? No man. No man beats me. Kirk says, I don't want to beat. I kind of wanted Raina to just scream. I, I am no man! man. Well, in my heart, she definitely. Dang, that would have been a great ending to that episode. Yeah. And she um, just murderates them all and like runs off into the sunset yeah, with an encyclopedia. So and Flint's like, oh shit, she she became exactly what I worked for all this time. She is human. Ooh, this backfired. And then she's like... Because he's old. Basically, yes. He's got white hair. He's old. And she realizes that she loves them both in different ways. Yeah, one of them like a lover and one of them like a father. Yeah. Uh, And Kirk's like, oh, come away with me. Two hours. Two hours max. Maybe two and a half by this point, but and still not very Flint much. And Flint is like, stay. And then she just kind of goes, I love, and then dies. Yeah, she she says, I love, and looks at Flint, and says, I love, and looks at Kirk. And then dies. And dies. Yeah. Uh, guys, she dies. Mm-hmm. She's dead. She She's dead from the feels. Yeah. Basically, literally, <laughs> yeah. So this, again, it's like, it's, this is what happened to Lull, basically. Just a lot faster. Yeah. She had a cascade failure. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to interject that there is a ship of 400 people up there with a terrible disease that's going to kill them in a matter of minutes. We have about an hour left. And they are just monologuing over her dead body. Yep. Looking, I don't know, ashamed of themselves? Mm-hmm. I would Good. like to hope. Because they should be. That's the emotion Except that I was Except for projecting. Spock. He was fine. <sighs> so that's the end of that. And we're back on the ship. The Okay, no. Spock's somehow, again, like logically pull vaults into this explanation. <laughs> yes. She loved both of you. She could not adjust to emotions. She couldn't hurt both of you. The agonies of love destroyed her. Much the, like a broken heart killed Pat. It was the joys of love made her human. Mm. The agonies of love destroyed her. I still think this is very in line with the way that emotions in artificial life are treated throughout Star Trek. Agony, misery, so much greater than yours. That literally, if you're an android, you can actually die of a broken heart. What's that from? That is from Into the Woods. Oh, okay. Always ten steps behind, always ten feet below. I've seen the movie version oh, once, and that's yeah. it. I don't like, remember this. Feeling, feelings and androids. Oh, Agony! That's the Chris Pine like shirtless song! Yeah. I must so, have her to yeah. So for the most part, in Star Trek, androids plus feelings are bad news. It yeah. always ends poorly. Yeah, so she's dead. Um, Back on the ship, Kirk is mopinating. Oh, the crew's fine, by the way! Oh, yeah, it's they're fine. Good. It's all good. Kirk's actually got a good... This is good here. lines. Brave, old, lonely man. A very old and lonely man and a young, young and lonely man. Lonely we put man. on a pretty poor show. Yes. show. yes. You should all be fucking ashamed of yourself. Yeah. And then he says, if only I could forget. And Spock's standing by the door looking, I mean, as far as the Vulcan can look, really, like, conflicted. Like, I don't know what to do here. And Kirk falls asleep on his desk. Apparently. I thought he just put his head down yeah, for some, like, hardcore moping. Yeah. But no. Yeah. He's I mean, asleep. I fall asleep pretty fast, but I've never yes, fallen asleep have. like a thunk. Yeah, you yeah. have. So, uh, Bones comes <laughs> I guess I in. wouldn't remember it. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. Bones comes in, he's like, oh good, he's asleep at last. So I guess it's been like some time Two since hours. Planet, at least. <laughs> Two hours, it's a lifetime. Yeah. Um, he also gives us like, so it turns out Flynn actually is dying because he left Earth. And I wondered about that before earlier in the episode. It's like, well, if you died in battle, you probably weren't an old man at the time. 
Like, it's not as so likely. So he is aging. So he, he just aging. hasn't noticed it? Maybe he's just dying very slowly. Did we well, see any mirrors in his giant ass antique? No, you know what? I don't think we did. Maybe he's just got a painting up in the attic. Maybe. Oh. Although then he should still look really young. But, like, Bones is like, it's because he left Earth and some combination of, I don't know, energy fields or something, like, turned off his immortality. Yeah, so he's gonna die, and Spock says, on that day, I shall, like, that'll be upsetting. Yeah. But before he dies, he is devoting his life to improving the human condition. Whatever the fuck that means. So basically, instead of being a grouchy curmudgeon who's like, everybody's a dick, so I'm gonna be a bigger dick, he's gonna go, like... Is he going back to Earth? Or is he just going to sit there and philosophize about how to be a nicer person? Like, I figure he'll do, like, a spin with Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, mm. sure. Yeah, good enough. Okay, yeah. here is where the real kicker of the episode is. So, is that McCoy's like, well, you're nothing. You're a dull husk of a being okay, that that's feels like a, a little more than... I feel sorrier for you than I do for him because you don't understand love and all the highs and lows it can drive you to. So I, I genuinely think he's being sincere here. No, he's um, all because asshole. the word. Well, yeah, he is, but not intentionally. It's just in uh, his regular asshole way. It's the same. It's just a continuation of his theme. But I think in it's the scene, he's yeah. genuinely, yeah. he's genuinely trying to commiserate, which doesn't make it better because with, he is a dick. With Spock by saying like your I life is less you. because you don't have yes. emotions. Yeah. Yes, but don't... he believes that. Like he genuinely believes that. Like that's his narrative yeah. purpose. Well, here's the he thing. He also says that this Maybe is keep that to yourself. Like yeah. way to undermine his entire cultural identity, dude. <laughs> well, half of it. 50%. <laughs> well, okay. Does he go around saying this to other Vulcans? I don't think he, he knows says, the like, other Vulcans. Like your your life, your entire culture is dumb and half. Well, I mean, shadow. He's very curmudgeonly with Vulcans throughout his existence. So, yeah, I guess so. Um, the thing is, though, that this is also about like family and friendship. It's not just about romantic love because it's clearly he's talking about Spock and Kirk, but he's also talking about him and Spock and Kirk, and like, but he's the sort of balance that the three of them form within Star Trek. Spock has clearly demonstrated time and time again that he does love McCoy and that well, yeah, he absolutely. loves Kirk and he has emotions for them. He just doesn't express them. Yeah, and. I think he knows that, but it's like, I don't know, he's very much a curmudgeon. He's like a classic. For McCoy, I would like to give the following advice. Before you say anything out of your mouth, you should do the three check. Like, is it (laughs) necessary for me to say this? Is it kind? And does it have to be said by me? Yeah. (laughs) Go through those three things that we teach children to say before they make a comment like that. Although I think it's probably too late for McCoy. (sighs) He's the worst. And then he says... I do wish he could forget, and he leaves. And here's where the grossest invasion of privacy... <laughs> and autonomy, and... Yeah. Comes, because Spock kind of like, oh, oh I can do that. And just kind of sidles <laughs> over to Kirk and is like, oh, and forget her. Oh my god, so I did not know what was going to happen at this point. I did. And I so, like, last second. So, like, Kirk has got his head down. Mm-hmm. I did not realize he was actually sleeping at this point, I think, or something. <laughs> anyway, Spock walks up to him. The violins swell yeah. <laughs> in a romantic overture. And Spock reaches out and gently caresses the side of Kirk's head. Holds this position for a few seconds, still with the violins. And I'm like, what the fuck, Star Trek? What are you doing? <laughs> there were so many fanzines. And then whispers, forget. And I was just like, oh shit, that's where I was going. (laughs) That was a real, really hard to read scene. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, that's... And I have another question I thought it was about, like, Kirk or Spock experiencing the highs of love. Well, I think it is also that. (laughs) Because he's very clearly experiencing emotions about this. Like, he clearly feels bad for his friend. Yeah, yeah, he has empathy for him. Like, there's a lot of, like, unspoken, like, mutual, like in one of three directions to one of two people, like, you know, expressing happening in this scene, even though one of the people is asleep for most of it. And they're, you know, heterosexual men, so they can't say anything out loud like adults. But here's another question. Yes. When, when Bones says, I do wish he could forget, there's this moment of silence before he does it where he looks at Kirk and he looks at Spock and he sort of tilts his head towards Kirk before he says it. I do wish he could forget, and then he leaves. So you think he was trying to urge Spock to to mind wipe him? I don't know. What do you think? Hmm. I think that's too subtle for Star Trek. I don't think so. I honestly think that you might be 
Right. Because he's done that before. Like, he's actually, I mean, Bones is a dick, but he's also pretty good at he's getting canny. a crush. He's very canny. And emotions are his thing. Like, that's his purpose. Yeah. As, Plus, as a character. Wouldn't you want your friend to forget that time that they Fuck accidentally yes. fell in love with a robot? Hell yeah. And were like, run away with me? Yeah. Well, I just thought it was tied to the things that Kirk or Spock said about, you know, the joys of love made her human, the agonies of love destroyed her. And he's looking at his friend who, you know, loved a woman for 45 minutes. Loved in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, again, that is, it's just trying to remove the agonies. But yeah. But part of what McCoy's big thing is, is that it is important for us to feel the agony yes. and the ecstasy of love. That yes. that is again what makes us fundamentally human. Yes, it is. Um but I think it's also from coming from Spock, it felt like he was trying to be kind even though it is like a yeah. gross invasion of it her. Is disgusting. Well, yeah. The thing um, about that coming from Spock, it was supposed to be a kindness. It's merciful. In, yes, yeah. And that he's removing the emotion the painful emotion. And in terms of Vulcan values, it doesn't probably doesn't seem like the same kind of invasion. Especially, oh, I'm pretty sure Vulcans are told not to go messing well, around in other people's don't go is, Yeah, don't go shove your hands in The thing is that heads. the controlling of emotions and, 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 like, the surgical excision of the bad ones, like, and, 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 like, the suppression of certain things is, is at least to a certain degree, is practiced by Vulcans on a fairly regular basis. But the thing is, internally on themselves, yeah. not on others. But the other thing is, Kirk and Spock have mind melded at least once before. But and later, like when we talk a lot about mind melds in the movies, in the original series movies and in in Next Gen and Voyager and like the rest of the franchise and a lot of this can't be taken as direct evidence for this scene, but in the universe as a whole, there is a conception that once you have melded with somebody, you have certain rights over them mutually. But I don't know. That, that just And I don't mean like he does, but to the point where he might think that he knows Kirk better than anyone else can and what he would want and what's best for him. So Spock is not necessarily behaving ethically, but he is actually allowing himself to be driven by emotional righteousness. Uh, no. Disagree. <laughs> that he thinks it's the right thing to do? Emotionally? No, I think he thinks it's just a kindness. That's what I mean. That it's that it's but acceptable it's to do something unethical wrong. because is... of his feelings. Mm. Well, mm. of course it's uneth- it's ethically wrong, but what I'm saying is that he thinks it's acceptable anyway because he's having feelings, not logic. I think also because McCoy and McCoy says McCoy said it McCoy, was okay. The emotional judge that the gives emotional it judge said it was okay, and the logical judge agrees, so they just do it. Yeah. So Kirk could never remember the time that he fell in love with a robot for 45 minutes. It's probably for the best, really. <laughs> I wish I could forget the time Kirk fell in love with a robot yeah. for 45 minutes. Yeah, awesome. All right, so, um, Kim, your count. Deaths. You'd think this wouldn't be complicated in this episode, but... So at the beginning of the episode, we hear that there are three dead crew members from the fever. Okay. Raina dies. Does she? Yes, this is where it gets complicated, yes. because Raina ceases to function. I vote yes. Yeah, well, when computers die, do we count them? If they're alive. Question. That's a question. So, Raina, so possibly four. There are also 16 previous models of Raina that are under body bags. <laughs> Were they alive? Were they, like, yeah. Well, I think that the point so, was that they... I think they're not, so I'm not yeah. I'm not going to count them. But you could make an... There is Only an argument Raina to be made. Raina got the brass sentience ring. <laughs> there is an argument to be made. Yeah. And the wig. Death. Yeah. <laughs> she died with the wig on her head. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're at definitely three humans, one robot. Also, there are two versions of the robot butler because Bones disinte- or Spock disintegrates one of them. <laughs> so does that count as a death? Because he just made, just, uh, Flint just went and made a new one. <laughs> so, like I said, three humans, one Reyna, one robot butler for a total of three, two, five deaths. <laughs> No, three, two... Sixteen previous Reinas. Yes. Maybe. Depends. Yeah. It's Depends. iffy. It's yeah. iffy. Gotcha. Um, Ari, your count. Uh, by much the same logic. <laughs> uh, how many humans do we... Yeah, so we have uh, up to 17 ladies. 18 because you do see Ahura. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah, yeah. the female pilot as well. That's right. Okay, oh, okay, so 20 ladies if we're counting all of the 
possibly alive robots. They were never alive. Draped in sheets. They but were it never alive have... because they're robots and they're not alive. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's either it's either three or twenty, depending on your definition. <laughs> I'm a robot. And one person of color. Yeah, no, they were not alive. They do not count. I have a question for you guys. So we find out that he's dying of old age because he's he left, left Earth. Earth. Yes. So if he if we assume that he did know he was aging, and I don't know that we see any evidence that he did because he thought that building a robot was a good idea, he could have just gone back to Earth, gotten a lady, and they could both age normally off of Earth. It's not like there's not plenty of other planets they could have lived on. Or if he goes back to Earth, does he stop aging again? Because Deep of the that's cosmic, another question. Because of the cosmic rays. Yeah. yeah. And since he was. thinks Earth is all filled with Earth jerks and he doesn't want to go there. Him being we'll president live on the moon. of Earth jerks. Yeah. Yeah, go live on the moon. Or Mars. We there know people live on Mars. That's true. Uh, performance of the episode. Uh, Ari. Mm. I'm sort of torn. I kind of want to give it to James Daly, who played Flint. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I would actually give it to him as yeah. well. But honorable mention to Louise Sorrell, who played Raina, because she tried. She tried so hard. I like that she made a choice to try to do some robot acting, yeah. but it was... We've seen better robot acting. We have seen better robot acting, so I am going to... No honorable mention, I'm just giving it to Flint. I thought he was great. He gave some really yeah. good monologues. Yeah. Kim. Um, I'll give it to the guy who played Flint, too. Why I not? he was great. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Um, so, Kim, we've already had your life lesson. Yes, it was a good life lesson. It was a great life lesson. I'm going to read the quote again because it's okay. So okay, let's... To be human is to be complex. You can't avoid a little ugliness from within or without. Okay. Ari, your life lesson. I don't know. You go first. Uh, mine is going to be turn your heart to stone, Flint, <laughs> if necessary, because love will destroy you. Hey, okay. that's pretty good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, I don't have it all pithyized, but um, another thing that they talked about a lot in this episode was um, it, there's a lot of anti-isolationism stuff happening where you Real can't just lock... Well, where you, the, he just sort of takes himself away from the human race because he decided, like, however many thousands of years ago that this wasn't working out for him. So he decided to lock himself away on a planet with all of the old things and never change or take in new information or learn anything new. And that that is no way to progress or be better or be happy or good or well. Mm. He learned new robotics techniques. Yes, new and better. Also how to disappear a ship out of space. I think he had all that before he got there. Disagree. So, uh, love no one and you'll live forever. Mm-hmm. So your your life lesson is don't be an isolationist? One cannot live in stasis. I think that's a life lesson I've used before. Well, then you're just in stasis. Exactly. Like floating in the jar. Mm-hmm. Like but the tiny enterprise in the coffee table. If only a giant Kirk would come and look. Hey listeners, which is a title I bestow on you because you are, after all, still listening to me speak. If you like us, like Star Trek, like the show, or any combination of the three, do us a favor and subscribe to and rate us on iTunes so that other people can like us too. You can also tweet about us or tumble about us or whatever verb word that describes the social media platform of your choice. If it helps, we both like and appreciate you.